Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Justin Fields to the locker room, guys. He was walking briskly under his own power. Looks like, Jeff, a potential chest injury for Justin Fields. That is what he said as he went into the tunnel. Play fake, quick screen throw, right side. Mooney with blockers, hits the gas, 45-50. In the Ravens' territory. What a cut in the open field. He's gone. 10-5, end zone, touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. I was just told, guys, that Justin Fields will not return today because of that ribs injury. Ravens bringing the house. Pressure comes. Hit as he throws. Down the field. He's got Goodwin over the shoulder. 10-5. Touchdown, Bears. But there's a penalty marker. Now, Dalton did get hit. If it counts, it's a 49-yard strike for the lead. Snap back. Here comes pressure. Quinn from behind doesn't get Huntley. He throws it. And it's caught inside the five. It's Walt Watkins the catch. Deion Bush defending. And the Ravens are going to be first and goal at the Bear three with 25 seconds to go and two timeouts. Snap, handoff, Freeman into the end zone for the touchdown up the left hash. The Ravens have taken the lead with 22 seconds to go in the game. Dalton back to throw. Pressure coming, walks wow. into the sack of Bauer, and that's going to call. No chance to get the ball off. Tyus Bowser makes the play. That ends it. Walked into the sack, and Andy Dalton and the Bears go down. A come-from-behind victory in dramatic fashion by Tyler Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens. They earn their seventh win of the year. They go on the road to do it. John Harbaugh, a one-game over 500 coach on the road in his career. They win it 16-13, to and the Bears suffer their fifth consecutive loss and now a short week headed to Thanksgiving Day against the Detroit Lions. And now it's time for the Scores post-post-game show with Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. That's how it sounded. The voice of our guys, 
Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer on the call, our sister station, WBBM. Bears go down yet again. 16-13 was the final Baltimore able to, with just moments to go essentially in the game, come back, score the decisive touchdown to take down the Bears at home where Bears have had their best performances really of the season on their home turf, a defense battered and beleaguered by injury to say the least, but they were able to hold the Ravens at bay, had them in single digits from a points perspective throughout much of the game until it it had to happen, until the door had to be closed on the Ravens. They were not able to make it happen, and that's another game where that is the scenario, but big picture-wise, certainly if you have the opponent in single digits for the bulk of the game, you got to look at the offense, which means everything continues to be under scrutiny in Chicago with good reason with the franchise that operates out of Hallis Hall. I'm Anthony Heron here with the Bears Pulse Post Show on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Bears great Olin Krutz with me as well. We would take you up to Chicago Bulls basketball. You know, there's obviously the, the frustrating team that operates out of Soldier Field. There's one of the most exciting teams in the National Basketball Association, and we will have them on the airwaves here. They will play at 7 o'clock. We'll take you up to pregame coverage as the Bulls will host the New York Knicks here on the score. So a lot to look forward to, but a lot to evaluate from what we just saw there as well. You can find Olin on Twitter at Olin underscore Crutes. I'm on Twitter at Big Ant Heron. Uh, the phone lines are hot as well, 312-644-6767. Got Brandon Fryer on the ones and twos for us throughout this evening. Uh, a few thoughts that I have on, on what what we just witnessed in the variety of ways, frankly, that we we witnessed the Bears go down today. Because coming in, uh, there was a lot, and there was a lot of time to evaluate sort of what the game plan should be for the Bears, how they should attempt to attack the Baltimore Ravens, how the Baltimore Ravens may attempt to attack them. And then, of course, you had some of the late-breaking storylines as well because the bye week was in there in the midst of everything for the Bears, and so there's a lot of questions about health with Khalil Mack, who they you know had delayed and waited before putting him on injured reserve, and and he'll be out for the season with what's reportedly going to be season-ending foot surgery. And, of course, Akeem Hicks not back healthy today. Eddie Jackson not back healthy today yet. Allen Robinson not out there for the Bears offense. And so, so many of the Bears' key pieces not out there on the field in the game today. But you look at the opposing sideline, Baltimore Ravens don't have former NFL MVP Lamar Jackson starting for them at quarterback because he's been dealing with a sickness throughout much of the past week apparently was going to try and give it a go, and at the last second, they determined that he wasn't going to be able to go after getting some fluids in him and everything else. And they're also, not without, not only without Lamar Jackson, but without Hollywood Brown as well. So the Ravens offense and just releasing Le'Veon Bell, the, the rushing attack, the top rushing attack in football, seems like perhaps it's going to be depleted personnel-wise also. So both teams with a lot of stuff they can put up on the board and say, all right, we're, we're without key pieces, but Bears are at home. Bears are coming off a bye. Bears are looking at this game and thinking that this is going to be an opportunity to keep the season alive. If you come out of this game, because where where four and six ends up making a really big difference versus three and seven, the squad that can get to right around that 500 mark in this extended playoff field that the NFL is going with for another season here and having the additional regular season game, going to 17 regular season games. I know because there's been two weeks to discuss Today's game leading into it, a whole lot of folks were already out on the, the playoff picture for the Bears anyway. The folks at Hallis Hall were not. Probably, as of today's results, still are not out 
of the, the playoff thoughts and the playoff hopes because, I mean, you know, how can they be? You spend too much time working towards this and hoping to build towards it just to say that, well, all right, we're mathematically still in it with seven games to go, but, you know, that, that ship is sailed. So at Hallett's Hall, they're not. But me, I, I can look at this and say, while I don't definitively think they're out of the playoff picture, four and, four and six is very different in trying to make the playoffs versus three and seven because this, this game would have essentially put them one game out of the playoff picture if they could have taken down the Baltimore Ravens, and that's after some of these other recent defeats. This game feels more more disruptive to their big-picture hopes for the season after the disappointment of losing to San Francisco, after the disappointment of losing to Pittsburgh. Two games that were very winnable. Two games that you can look at just the, the total results of the games and the snap-by-snap execution and say they're likely games that they should have won. Today's game, add it to that category, and then you certainly factor in how depleted the Ravens were personnel-wise and some of those moments where even despite your starting quarterback, Justin Fields, having to leave the game and Andy Dalton having to step into things and Andy Dalton having, you know, just no surprise, an uneven performance for a guy who obviously hasn't been getting the starters reps over the last couple of months and just overall at this point in his career, not sure exactly what you could expect of Andy Dalton to try and carry an offense or anything to that regard. So in the end, Andy Dalton, 11 out of 23, just over 200 yards. But Andy Dalton did make some key plays. Now, the, you know, what essentially is sort of a swing pass, a little bubble screen that he threw to Donnell Mooney. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have thrown that, and then Mooney does the rest of the work. But there, as the game is nearing Cole Crush's depth, he's the one delivering the passes, whether whether it's on the third down, the fourth down, fourth and 11, you throw it deep, you hit the strike plate to Marquise Goodwin, 49 yards later, Bears take the lead. You're thinking, all right, here's another chance for this Bears defense, even though there's no Mac, no Hicks, no Jackson, maybe they can find a way to go out here, close the door on a Ravens offense that they've been able to stymie for the bulk of the game. Here's the thing, though. Even though points weren't going on the board for the Baltimore Ravens, you look at the totality of what had been happening throughout the game. There was only one three and out that the Bears defense was able to force throughout the game. So even early on when they're forcing punts, seven plays for the Ravens, then punt. Six plays for the Ravens, then punt. Eight plays for the Ravens, then punt. 10 play drive for a field goal, 11 play drive for a field goal, then seven and punt. Then there was the one three and out there, nine plays and punt. So overall, even when the Bears finally got the interception, it was six plays into a drive. And then, of course, you had the seven play drive for a field goal. And then at the end, five plays before the touchdown that was able to decide the game for Baltimore. But it wasn't necessarily a defensive effort, a defensive execution where the Bears were just completely clamped down on the Ravens throughout the game. And that does take me to the point that I was making. Just, you know, a couple of tweets that I fired off beforehand once the Lamar Jackson rumors turned into truth. Because Tyler Huntley is a quarterback in his second year in the National Football League. It, it just happens that in my, my coverage of the Pac-12 over the years, I've gotten to call a bunch of Tyler Huntley's football games when he was a quarterback for the Utah Utes. I, I'm, I'm very well versed in, in what he is, not only as a, as a quarterback, as an athlete, but as a competitor as well. Not surprised at all, and I was talking about this a bit on Bears Post Game Live over on Fox 32. I'm not surprised in the least that Tyler Huntley looked poised. And certainly, I mean, for a guy making his first career start, he's only a second-year quarterback. There were definitely moments where the Bears defense was able to disrupt him, perhaps even at times confuse him a little bit. His accuracy wasn't perfect at all times. But taking the total picture of a guy who was asked to drop back and throw the ball 
36 times and a guy who was on the run at points and, you know, sometimes under siege from the Bears defense where they sacked him six times in the game. He looked as poised as you could anticipate a young quarterback to look and had stretches in the games where he was ringing off, you know, double-digit completions in a row and, and looked very accurate with passes at times and some of those in big moments, taking off and running to move the chains on third downs or passing with accuracy to move the chains on third and fourth downs. So I'm not, I'm not shocked that Tyler Huntley was not shook, was not rattled. And so I saw this sort of collective sigh of relief from a lot of folks like, oh, well, at least they don't have to face Lamar Jackson. Well, Tyler Huntley, I don't think he's going to be some kind of perennial pro bowler during his career, but, but the guy is a, he's a quality football player coming out of college. He is built from – he's cut from a similar cloth to Lamar Jackson. I think folks who hadn't necessarily seen his game before got to see some of that on display today. Conversely, the Bears offense – and, and where, you know, many of you have heard me talk about this on the score for, for several seasons now in the Bears, whether or not they've been effective at putting their young quarterbacks, their playmakers in the most advantageous situations. It does feel to me like, while maybe not a full 100% commitment, there's at least a realization of what the identity needs to be. But Olin, I think, uh, on these post-post shows have done a really effective job of pointing out the Bears coaching staff and maybe finally recognizing what the identity of this offense is best suited to be, you still don't necessarily have guys there in the meeting room who have coached this brand, this style of Bears offense very extensively throughout their career. And so for moments early in the game where, like, the Bears have the 10-play drive, they drive it into scoring territory, and then well, all right, they get you to a third down where I think it was like an incompletion on first down, five-yard gain on second down to David Montgomery. Then you get to third and five, and here you go, third and five. Crack toss to the boundary. We get another one of those, and it's it, it's it's disconcerting. And I can only imagine what the atmosphere was like in Soldier Field for folks seeing that because there was some creativity. You had the Jakeem Grant toss play that was prior to that. You had them as they they ran the the QB. They had some QB run opening up the game. You had some sprint to to Justin Fields throwing side. You had some boot to Justin Fields left side as well. You saw some versatility in the attack early on, obviously still, still during the, the scripted portion of the game, oh, but then when it came down, all right, here we are at a third and medium, and they go crack toss to the boundary, and that was just the first of a lot of what I found to be frustrating moments in a game where Justin Fields was, was not consistently accurate. This was not a great performance from Justin Fields, but by comparison to the moments where they had him on the move, he did play well. He did have a couple of wild passes in there, but then from within the pocket, for whatever reason, the rhythm and timing wasn't there. Felt like something that Baltimore was throwing at him, especially in the second quarter, had him a little bit hesitant or, or out of rhythm. And then he has to leave the game with the, industry, with, with the injury. But you saw, I thought, one offense for Baltimore that stayed within themselves and continued to put their quarterback in comfortable situations. Then whether it was Fields or Dalton, just a very uneven at best offensive performance from Chicago. So the defense, again, another example where the Bears defense doesn't close the show. But then on the whole, yet another game where the Bears offense just couldn't get out of first gear. Yeah, it, it continues to be frustrating, right? Because you're waiting for someone to ask Coach Nagy, your biggest problem is scoring points. What did you work on during the bye week mm. that would help you put the ball in the end zone? Because since Big Ant, since week 14 of 2018, the problem has been the same problem, right? And for a while they told us it was because we can't run the ball and we can't block anybody, we can't score points. That's not the problem, right? <laughs> this year they are running the ball. Right. They still can't. Yeah. They end up, again, after a bye week, they end up scoring 13 points. And you knew when Santos missed that, 
field goal, you referenced the first drive. Those points are so important for the mm. Chicago Bears that you figured that might come back and haunt them. And sure enough, they lose by three points. And when you talk about, okay, they get down, they move the ball, 10-play drive, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I know they were working on the bye week on red zone plays, right? right. And, and right. you know, to their defense, maybe Allen Robinson is out for whatever reason after a bye week, hamstring injury. And that's the guy I'm thinking I'm going to. But uh, Cole Komet gets two targets today mm-hmm. with Allen Robinson out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not – if you went into your bye week and watched your film, it was Mooney – Robinson, Cole Komet, I right. would think, and Montgomery. That's the way I'm going. And like you said, I'm going to get Fields out of the pocket consistently. Mm. I'm consistently going to do that. No matter no matter what happens, I'm going to get him out of pocket, especially to his left because he is right. dangerous out there. Yeah. Um, just frustrating watching them. You, when you're watching, you say, okay, how are they going to find points? And, and like you referenced, we all know Baltimore's defense coordinator, Don Wink Martindale, he's a legend. We mm-hmm. all know what he's doing on the back end. Uh, we know how advanced his scheme is coverage-wise and how he can confuse quarterbacks, and he did that today, even right. with guys out. And like you said, you could tell Fields is struggling to read a little bit, uh, struggling to diagnose what they're doing on the back end. We know what this yeah. guy is really good at what he does, yeah. right? So you knew that would happen. So get him out of pocket and get him level reads. Get him yep. easy throws the whole game, especially because what your defense is doing. And, and when you get – I have to go back and really watch the film that one time they get down their big ant because, to me, that is the most important part of the game. If I'm evaluating what the Bears did in the bye week, those three or four plays, I have to look at them, uh-huh. right? If I am yeah. if I am up there at Hallis Hall, if I'm an owner, if I am somebody who wants to talk to Coach Nagy in the room, if I'm Ted Phillips, if I'm George McCaskey, and I want to ask the proper questions to my coach because we all know he's on the hot seat, uh-huh. I have to study those four plays. Your problem is scoring points. These are the plays you picked. I have to know why. And that that's the, the huge portion of it where – the, the Bears brass, the management, the ones who are going to be tasked with deciding whether or not Matt Nagy continues, whether or not, frankly, Ryan Pace continues, guys who are in year four and year seven of this process. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Tony Romo's kind of, you know, bubbly guy and glasses half full guy. And I think he's accurate in pointing out some of the young talent that's on this roster. And so I think there's reason personnel-wise at certain positions to be encouraged by that. Like some of what what might be being sort of developed collectively with some of the guys on the O-line feels like, all right, with, within, within the framework of a certain system, there might be some things to build off of there, and that should be encouraging. And we saw a 16-target day for Darnell Mooney, mm-hmm. and you were talking run after the catch on, on the last time we got to do post-post, and you finally saw something. You saw a huge play, a chunk play with all with sixty plus yards of run mm-hmm. after catch Man, from Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. Got to have him, and that just hasn't been a part of this offense throughout the entirety of Matt Nagy's time here. So that was it was a breath of fresh air to see one of those moments on Andy Dalton's very second snap of the game. And Cole Komet has been heating up. Finally, in the second year, Cole Komet here in Chicago, he's been heating up here for this Bears offense. Where else can you build from? Where else can you grow from between Montgomery, Herbert, and the backfield? There's pieces here. For whatever reason, the productivity is still just stagnant. And there are specific things to the, to the, the, the procedural end of Bears coaching that came up yet again today. We'll take our first time out. Phone lines are, of course, lit up, 312-644-6767. Olin Cruz and Anthony Heron here on the score. We'll take a time out. When we come back, 
give a couple of our thoughts on where things sit, some moments that stuck out to us with Matt Nagy, and we will let you guys have it as well because we got some time here. We can stretch our legs a little bit. We're taking you all the way up to Bulls basketball. It'll be right here on 670. The score of the Bulls will host the next one of the hottest and most exciting teams in the National Basketball Association. Not just folks here in Chicago, but every time they play somebody around the NBA, the opponents are giving shout-outs to the Bulls and their fans as well. So it's really fun to see that, to watch that, to listen to that here on the score. So we'll have that for you as Chuck and Bill will, of course, be on the call. But for Post Post, we will take our first time out here tonight, come back, We'll talk not only Justin Fields, the rib injury, short week for Thanksgiving. We will talk Matt Nagy and timeouts. We'll talk Bears defense, who's emerging, who are we concerned about. Man, Kendall Vilder, all those things are next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, everything's just so fresh. You know, we're just you know getting off the field from the game, and we'll have to evaluate where everything's at. And, and like you said, it is a short turnaround, so we have to uh, be able to prepare for that because we lose some days, and before you know it, we'll be playing Detroit. And now back to more post-post game show on the Score with Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz. That's right. With you here on The Score, the great Olin Cruz and Anthony Heron taking up the Bulls basketball here on The Score. Phone lines are lit up at 312-644-6767. Olin and I gave some initial thoughts on what just happened as the Ravens beat the Bears at Soldier Field 16-13. to We'll get some callers in right now. I know I definitely want me and Olin to kind of talk about some things in addition to the Bears offense, the defense, Matt Nagy, all those things also. But I know you all have a lot to share, and some of you may not be able to call in throughout Bears Monday, which, of course, takes place all day here on The Score. So many of you will be not only tuned in, locked in, but calling in for that throughout the day tomorrow. I do 
However, since you are here on the lines for the Post Post Show, let you guys get some things off your chest here as well. So let's let's get to our first call. We got Rob, who's in North Carolina, who wants to talk a little bit of Bears football with Olin Cruz and Anthony Heron. Rob, what's on your mind, man? Hey guys, love your show. Um, I'm just you know like most people disappointed, but with Nagy for years now, it's been this supposedly offensive wonderkins. And that first drive when we had the pitch, when we were going third and whatever it was, you just knew the field goal was like some sort of omen to say, you know, that was a bad decision. We should have been trying to put it right down their throats, getting the lead. But it's also that and the lack of timeouts. I saw his press conference before the last two-point conversion and the punt. Don't you prepare for stuff like that? I don't know if you remember the Steelers game. I think, I think we took a superfluous timeout that hurt us as well. It's all those things combined that's mainly – you can't score that many points. I, I mean, Lamar Jackson doesn't play defense, but it had to be a huge boon to say, hey, look, we go in there and we put up 20 points. These guys are going to come back. So the defense was inexcusable this last time, but it's all about Matt Nagy and his lack of offense for years. want to get your thoughts on that. Thanks, guys. I think that's fair, Rob. That That is more than fair. And, I mean, frankly, not just the Steelers game, but, I mean, it has been a, a bit of a theme here. We're coming towards the holiday season. One of my favorite movies is A Christmas Story. The, the teacher in that movie says, we are going to do – a theme. And I feel like that has been a theme for Matt Nagy throughout his time here in Chicago, where, and, and frankly, you know, to the future Hall of Famer, Andy, Andy Reid has timeout issues with the, the management of things over the years. He's got a Super Bowl under his belt and a whole lot of victories. Matt Nagy's still uh, working to build that resume up, let's say. But, but I think today was just the latest example of that. Oh, just where. You're coming down, and you, you certainly don't expect to get the ball with whatever it was, the 30 seconds remaining, whether you've just pretty quickly given the lead back to the Ravens there. But would have been nice to have two timeouts where one mm-hmm. one gets wasted, uh, essentially, because, I mean, I guess it's because you, you have some audio issues. The headset goes out, and you're trying to decide after you've attempted a fade route on, on third and one that you can't quite stay in bounds with it with Darnell Mooney. So... It, it seemed to me, and me and Jim Miller are saying it even, we're, we're in studio on Fox 32, and I know you guys are over on the on the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago, probably yelling things at the screen in those moments. But as soon as it happens, where they call the timeout, and you get to fourth and one, and think, well, wait a minute, what? If you did that on third down, it felt like you must have automatically had a, it factored into your head that you were probably going to go for fourth down anyway. If you didn't, why weren't you already beginning that discussion? It just seems like that was another procedural moment where a timeout gets used, and yes, you, you can't plan for the headset to go out, but between third down and fourth down, I mean, it's common enough where coaching staffs will discuss whether or not you're in four-down territory before you even run the third-down play. So then, yes, the, the headset goes out. You burn a timeout there. Then after you score the touchdown, you're trying to decide whether you, you want to go for a, the the standard PAT or if you want to go for two there, again, it feels like a discussion that should have already mm-hmm. taken place. So you burn another timeout in that moment. And, you know, I, I, I got to look up and see how much time was still on the clock when they got the ball back. But, man, two timeouts is a world of difference mm-hmm. in that moment, and you don't have either one of those for what feels like it should have been avoidable mistakes. Yeah, especially you can attack the middle of the field now with those timeouts, right? Yeah. And, uh, Andy Dalton was having uh, some success uh, throwing the ball, especially against Martindale's front. And, and now they have to guard the whole field if you have two timeouts. Now, I agree with everything you say up up to Big Amp. You, you said you can't plan for your headset to go out. Mm. I would argue, <laughs> Big Ant, and I, and I, and I know, mm. but I would argue this. If you are making 5 to $6 million a year as a head coach, you should probably have a plan. 
okay, guys, what if, right? But what if? So I put my what ifs on the board. What if my headset goes out? Now, your plan shouldn't be you as a head coach run to the Gatorade bucket, right? <laughs> Began. You saw that too. Hey, did you see him? Uh, hey. And then the, the fear that was in my guy's face, man. I know all those guys. I know all the headset guys, okay? Uh, the fear in their face because, I mean, even he looked like, what the hell is the head coach doing over Why here? Are you back Why here? are you back here? It's fourth down. It's fourth down. Should so, you be up there near the white lines? Yeah, there should, all I'm saying is there should be a plan. <laughs> you know, a, a, a plan if the headset does go out, guys. Uh, uh, they could hire me and you, Big Ant, and we could come up with what is for them. Send the get back yeah, coach yes. over there to Anybody, get the dude, and, and my headset went out. Everybody should know what to do, right? And then you score a touchdown, and and to me that timeout, that was crazy. That yeah, timeout man. was crazy. You should already know you're going for two because you got to get to six. Uh, um, it does make no sense to have be up by five. We, right. Everybody can kind of figure that out. As far as the toss crap. Here's what really bugs me about that when they move into the red zone on third and five. It looks like I have it up here in front of me, Big Ant. It looks like it's from the 17-yard line. I I don't know if I totally disagree with the playing in the ball in Montgomery's hand and trying to play it. I don't know. I'd like to see Fields there with the ball in his hands rolling one way or the other mm-hmm. or uh, giving him a chance to make a play. The problem with that is when Cole Komet went in motion, and I know you remember this now, Patrick Queen ran. Yeah. He ran yeah. to the play. Yeah. And I don't know what tipped him off, but that kind of bugs me, right? If I'm a coach mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the bye week, we should know what our tendencies are. If your tendency is when Kokomet goes in motion, you're running a toss crack, you should change that tendency there. What I want to see come out of the bye week is you do that, Patrick Queen runs, and you run some kind of counter, right? Uh-huh. Some kind of quarterback count or something. Right. Something he – he studied your film, obviously, from before you had the week off, Big Ant. He saw something. He's running towards the play before you even pitch the ball. And the, the the blocking, it's, and you know, for folks who I know some of you guys out there listening to us right now, you go back and you look at the game again like you're a coach. You go back and try to break down the film. I see all you folks talking about it on Twitter. So if you go back and look at it, watch number six for Baltimore. That's exactly who Olin's talking about. Patrick Queen, one of their inside linebackers, number six, as Cole Komet, goes in motion, essentially, as the ball's getting snapped, just watch number six in the white jersey and the way he takes off on a beeline as though he just knows in that moment it's crack toss time. And, I mean, you know, even if he wouldn't have read it so quickly, it didn't necessarily look like the blocking to to the flank, you know, was, was there where the Bears are going to have it out leveraged anyway. But it makes a huge difference that the speed that, that that linebacker reads it with where he's there, there's no real cutback opportunity mm-hmm. available for David Montgomery in that moment, and so that that is just one example of where in that moment where we've seen, I'd say Matt Nagy for the most part just in his time here, some of the frustrating, I'd say, play calls that came up with frequency before where they used to run for whatever reason. They would run like the triple option into the boundary with Mitch Trubisky at times. They did that a few times into the boundary in some short-yarded scenarios. It never worked, so they finally got rid of that. The tight end shovel pass to Trey Burton. I think it it worked like the very first time they mm-hmm. ever ran it right. with Trey Burton, the first year Matt Nagy got here, and then they kept going back to that, and it never worked again. They finally got rid of that. Now, we did see a shovel pass to Allen Robinson early this season, but we're not necessarily seeing it to the tight end position, so they kind of got rid of that. 
I feel like it's time for the crack toss to go the way of the dodo bird. Especially, it's one thing, like on second down or if you're going to the wide side of the field, something, you got a little space to work. Or, if, you know, if you're doing it with like a Ch- Jakeem Grant or Darnell, it seems like it makes more sense where you're getting some speed and space for a play like that. And it's not like we see teams, other teams use plays. Like watch the Chiefs and they'll use certain plays that the Bears use and it works with them. There are certain plays that the Bears seem to use frequently that do not work here in Chicago for whatever reason. It might be exactly what Olin is describing here, where there is a tendency with a certain individual, personnel, they see it, they react to it, they're all over it, or it is the execution of it, the timing that it's called, whatever it is, the crack toss to the boundary has not been a successful play call for the Bears. Feels like that needs to be the latest one that perhaps leaves Chicago's offensive playbook. Mm-hmm. The timeouts and, 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 and while I keep like looking at this, it's either he's reading it or it's a blitz, right? So he's blitzing mm. into the play. So either way, he either read it or you got out coached. Uh-huh. So it's third and five. Now you're in fourth and 11, right, after a six-yard loss, and then you push Cairo Santos back six more yards, and he misses a field goal early in the game. Mystic, to, I mean, I'm no kicking expert. Yeah. Mystic kind of bad, too. Right. Like, I mean, you, you wouldn't seen the think a 65-yarder yeah. broke him or something yeah. like that, but, man, like he was automatic up until the 65-yarder. Mm. Now he's missed an extra point. And now he's missed a 40-yard field goal. It's like, all right, I hope he's still the same guy because it doesn't feel like the last couple of big kicks here. Right, and and, and 34 and 40 is a big difference, right? So yeah. you, you take a loss because, like you're saying, okay, you're going to go toss crack here. What if we lose six yards? What if they blitz into the toss crack? What is our – you're playing Martindale. He's going to – it's third, and he's going to blitz you to Bring try – he's yeah. trying to push you back out of field goal range. Just what he does. Mm. This is That's why you beat him for that big pass at the end of the game because he's coming after you. Right. And it looked, like John, it looked like John Harbaugh went to him after they scored. Like, okay, Dom, I know. <laughs> I know what you want to do. But, but we, can't be, we can't go blitz zero here the rest of the game. We have our fourth-string cornerback right, out there. Right. I, I said, well, who is that good with beat? I didn't even know who the guy was. So – I, I think John went after him. Anyway, it's just, man, I just I just have a lot of a problem with those three or four plays. To me, it was a microcosm of what has been wrong with the Bears offense coming out of the bye week. And I'll use what their coaching staff uses when they're trying to find the whys, mm. right? They're trying to find the whys. And if you are the Chicago Bears, the only whys you should be, you should be trying to find in a bye week is why don't we score points? Mm. That's it. Because – if you tally up all the points, you're under 20 a game for almost three and a half years now. That is not good enough. No doubt, man. 312-644-6767. Get another caller in before we take another time out here. We've had Brad on hold for a little while. Brad uh, is out in Gardner and wants to talk about what's going on with the Bears. Brad, what's up, man? You got Olin and Anthony. Hey, guys. It's an honor to speak with both of you. I, I want to I tell you what I, I sent my one of my best friends in a text today after this loss, I said, if they want a realistic shot at the playoffs, which that's what the season's supposed to be about, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they need to sit Fields the rest of the season and go with Dalton. Hmm. Fields isn't ready. A whole game of Dalton today, they would have won. I said, sorry, but it's true. He focuses on Mooney and doesn't have the check down progression that he needs at this point, how Mitch was with A-Rob. And it also shows that Nagy doesn't know how to game plan for a mobile quarterback. We saw this same crap with Mitch. If you rolled Mitch out, he was pretty darn good. If you roll Fields out, he's pretty darn good. Neither one of them are pocket quarterbacks, 
And Nagy is just a joke at this point. You know what, Brad? And I think that there's the the big point you made is one that a lot of folks listening probably, you know what, Brad's crazy. I'm not hearing anything else he's saying. I got I disagree with the notion that that you should sit Justin Fields for the rest of the season. Now, short week here to Thanksgiving, that's a, a separate topic that, that I think Ola and I can discuss in detail after a timeout. But I would say to a couple of the other points that Brad made there about Matt Nagy game planning for mobile QBs. And, you know, I, I think anyone who's listened to the Post Post or here's you on with Mully and Har, with Spiegel and Parkins, or here's me on with Lawrence or with Dan and Layla, you and I have probably both been talking along similar lines with that for several seasons now, just where where the Nagy offenses have not maximized that, that the mobility potential and what it does and, you know, young quarterbacks and reading, you know, portions of the field as opposed to the full field on a consistent basis, all those things. So, yeah, the the not game planning well for mobile quarterbacks and Matt Nagy, I think there is evidence to certainly support the point that Brad was making about that and why that's frustrating. I think the uh, the bigger picture topic about whether or not Fields should sit the remainder of the season. I think that can be disagreed with while still admitting Brad, I think, did make a couple of salient points there. Anything you, you want to respond to with, with Brad, but whether Fields or nagging the mobile QB before we take a timeout? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, everybody, you know, whether it's Dan Orlowski on ESPN, whether it's Dan and Layla, I forget who they have on. They have, of course, Sage Rosen. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, that's Sage they have, Whether it's him, Sage mm-hmm. on with Dan and Layla in the afternoon, whoever comes on and say, man, uh, boot this kid out, whether it be Mitch Trubisky, whether it be Justin Fields. That has been frustrating how much they've stuck with the scheme. And I think the bigger argument goes to when you decide overall how, what, who stays, who goes, who, who when, when Coach Nagy fired Heffrick, he stand, and the tight end coach, I can't remember his name right now, when he fired them, he hired uh, Laser, Filippo, and Juan Castillo and doubled down on his scheme, mm-hmm. basically saying – the scheme wasn't scheme the, problem. the problem. Yeah, so and I everybody was shocked that he's still not running the ball, or booting the quarterback. I wasn't right. These guys who came in, that's not what they were known for. Mm-hmm. They were known, you know, we we'll go over the history of Laser and De Filippo, and you'll see that you'll see that this is the kind of offense that they run. They run. They've both been fired for not running the ball, right? <laughs> both of them. So that 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 that's just a bigger point of. You have to look at, when you talk about whether someone should be here or not, whether they're doing a good job or not, you have to look at the big picture. And that's why I'm saying if you are the Bears brass, you just had a bye week, they come off of bye weeks before, you study this film and you sit, you, you have them explain to you what was your idea behind running this, how did you think you were getting better mm-hmm. to put the ball in the end zone, how was this going to help Justin Fields? I thought early on, you know, they, they had Justin Fields on zone reads. It was a nice design. They moved the ball on the field. And then it kind of, I thought, went away from it. Yeah, I, I got the same notes here, man. Yeah. There's a couple of drives in a row where it became pocket-oriented again. And the Ravens were the worst pass defense in the mm-hmm. National Football League. So, yes, there are things you want to look to attack with that and build on that throughout the game. Why it can't be built upon through some under center, you know, play-action looks and, and throw some deep balls to Mooney. You know, maybe that's a little too old school for some folks. I don't know. We, we do need to take a timeout. Phone lines are still lit up here, 312-644-6767. Specific to Justin Fields. I think there's discussion to be had there about his performance up through that first half of the game, and there is the short week here. Our last caller we had on Brad talking about Justin Fields sitting the rest of the season, that ain't going to happen. But whether or not he should, and, you know, it, Matt Nagy was talked was asked this after the game. We'll have a uh, see if Brandon can find the audio where Matt Nagy was asked specifically about 
whether or not if Justin Fields is healthy and ready to go, will he be the starting quarterback for Thanksgiving? I was personally a little surprised, a little bit surprised by Matt Nagy's answer. So me and Olin will keep that discussion rolling. We'll hear from Matt Nagy on the other side of this timeout, specific to Thanksgiving Day. It's a game that the Bears tend to play in over the years. They tend to face the Detroit Lions, and that one is just a few days away. Question mark at QB here in Chicago. 312-644-6767. Bears legend Olin Krutz. I am Anthony Heron. This is the Post Post Show on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, with Justin, we'll keep an eye on that and see how he is um, uh, with his ribs and keep monitor that as we move forward. And then for Andy to come in, I think it just speaks to who he is as a professional. Um, this guy's played a lot of games. He's played against this team many times and had a lot of success as well. Um, so uh, we appreciate guys like him being true pros and staying ready for, uh, for when opportunity arises. He, he gave us a chance to win in the end. That was the voice of Matt Nagy talking during the post-game interview he did on our sister station, WBBM, after the Bears went down against the Ravens. Ravens beat them by 316-13. to 13. And um, it feels like there's there's been sort of two – Two separate discussions that have that have begun. Well, that I that I I separate at least. One of them is whether or not on a short week should you put if, if Justin Fields isn't 100. percent It's hard to imagine that between now and Thursday, if he couldn't finish a half of football uh, with a rib injury today, that he he's definitely not going to be 100 percent by Thanksgiving Day. Now, whether that you know are, are, does that end up meaning like are there cartilage issues there? Is there just something? that's going on in the bone, that he can work through, how much mobility is there. That's part of what Matt Nagy even referenced to the media when he was talking after the game being asked about the quarterback position. So one discussion is, if Justin Fields isn't 100%, should he be out there for Thanksgiving? And then what surprised me a little bit is what, like one of the questions our our caller Brad brought up, is whether or not Justin Fields, as opposed to continuing to take this pounding in a season where looks right now like they're not likely to even make the playoffs, should he just sit and like watch Andy Dalton the rest of the year? That portion of the discussion surprises me a little bit, but I don't, I don't know how you feel about that part of it. But the Justin Fields by Thanksgiving portion of things, that to me, I think is, is more, I think the, the consideration for it, I understand a little bit more than just thinking whether or not Fields should sit the rest of the season. Once they put him in the lineup, mm-hmm. that's your QB. Like we, we've seen that. I think it was the Detroit game, like his second start where he got hurt they gave Andy Dalton like one series where he did pretty good. They put Justin right back in. So I think they've already shown they're committed to Justin Fields as their quarterback, and I agree with that. But between now and Thursday, just what are your thoughts on whether or not a Justin Fields who is less than 100% should be out there? Yeah, you, you'd be shocked after he didn't finish a game today if he was back on Thursday. But Justin Fields has shown to be durable, tough. I think we, we go back to the college playoffs last year. He took oh, that yeah. big hit right. against it's Clemson. Clemson. Um, it's kind of like you know, Big Ant. We are meatheads in a locker room, right? We do love that kind of stuff, uh, right? And, and it's yeah. it's a way uh, to get your teammates behind you, right? Mm. I mean, I, I'm gonna come play with you guys. Uh, who doesn't want to play on right. Thanksgiving? Right. You know, on Thanksgiving, uh, I you know, I guess I wouldn't be shocked either way. Um, he's probably still gonna be feeling a little bit, but mm. um, from what I've seen from Justin Fields so far, I wouldn't be shocked if he was out there on Thursday trying to play with his guys, trying to get out there and give it a go. I'm with you on Coach Nagy's response to the podium. I don't know if he was ready for that question, which is surprising mm-hmm. to me, right? Like, if I am the Chicago Bears head coach, when I say when, when, when Justin Fields is our guy now. Right. When he's ready, he's the leader of this team. Uh, he's the guy the guys follow. Mm-hmm. When he's ready, he will play. If he can go Thursday, he goes Thursday. Um, don't worry about 
whoever I think it was Rick Callender asking the question. Don't worry about him taking a beating. He's a he's a he's a big guy. He's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to play football. He wants to be out there and all that kind of stuff. But like you said. Uh, it was kind of a strange answer. Yeah. I, I know they're on a five-game losing streak. Sometimes, uh, you know, as coaches, they're not – I'm waiting for the Monday morning response to that question, right? Mm. Okay, now, Coach, you know, yesterday you are kind of hesitant when we asked you about right. will he continue as a starter. I'm expecting them to re-ask him that question and see what he says. Hopefully he's a little more prepared for the question this time because – Justin Fields, if Coach Nagy doesn't know it, big guy, we'll call him up. <laughs> Justin Fields is your starter, Coach. Yeah, right, man. He's your guy. You're not pulling him out for Andy Dalton on uh, a one-year contract. Yeah. He's not coming out. He's your guy. He's your first-round draft pick. You traded up. You gave up picks. All that stuff for this guy. Mm. Uh, if he needs help with those questions, we are here. We're more than willing and able to help him out. Here to help, man. Here <laughs> to help. You know, that's all yeah. we're trying to do. Trying to help, Ike. Yeah. I, I think that for – for whatever reason, him being non-committal about that, and you know, he's Matt Nagy has shown himself to be a guy where, as as affable as he kind of comes off to the media, but he will play his cards close to the vest, especially for things like that—the deal with injury, the deal with his quarterback position. But specific to, and I thought the media did an effective job of following up and kind of giving him an opportunity, to even clean it up a little bit. Like, well, if if Justin's healthy, like let's just revisit this. If Justin's healthy, is he going to be the guy? And he just kind of did that. Well, you know, we're not there yet, and we're going to figure these things out and. A lot to evaluate. We don't know exactly what the injury is. I think all that is probably accurate related to specifically the injury, the severity of it, whether or not Justin Fields will be ready to play. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's either if he's dressed, he's the dude. Mm -hmm. If he's not healthy enough to dress, then, yeah, he's going to be sitting there at at Ford Field with everybody else, just watching the game, standing on the sideline just like Khalil Mack was today. So it surprised me that it wasn't – that portion of it wasn't that cut and dry. But, yes, I mean, there's definitely – this is fresh after the game. They don't know what his ribs are going to feel like tomorrow. They don't know what his ribs are going to feel like four days from now. So who knows if Justin Fields will be able to play. But if he can play, got to be the starter. Oh, I mean, no, no it, doubt. No doubt. And for Coach Nagy, I mean, just like you should have a plan for when your headset goes out, you should be ready for that question when your starting quarterback yeah. goes down. You've been doing this long enough now mm. that you know that question is coming up. You right. know, uh, um, is when Justin Fields gets back, is he the starter? I mean, I would you would almost expect him to roll his eyes. And yeah, be like, right. Well, that's right. not that's not even a question, right? It's I, I know you have to ask that question, mm-hmm. but it's not even a question. <laughs> we know everybody in this building knows this is Justin Fields' team. This is Justin Fields' time, and we're trying to develop Justin Fields as our franchise quarterback moving forward. That's a no brainer. Uh, that. That shouldn't even be a question, and uh, you shouldn't leave it open. And I expect him tomorrow to come out and make mm-hmm. that pretty damn clear for everybody that Justin Fields is our starting quarterback because I don't want Justin Fields feeling like he may not be the starter yeah. when he's healthy. I don't want him questioning that. Because uh, Andy Dalton threw that bubble screen to Mooney, right. like now he's our starter. He's like, you know, let's ride with Andy right. here, man. Did you see that bubble screen he threw to Mooney for 60-something yards? We, were, ta- we were talking about on the after show. It was, <laughs> I-, I could imagine them crumpling up the game plan. <laughs> When Fields went out throwing that thing in the trash, <laughs> busting out that huge binder, big Here we go, baby. And, and ripping it open. Be you. And it probably says seven on seven on it, right? Woo. All right, here we go. And the old line. The old line was in the huddle and they called five man protection. And they're like, oh, yeah, man. Holy oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, man. 312 Let's get another call in before we got to take a timeout. John is out on the west side. He has been on hold for a minute. John on the west side after the Bears 
Bears go down against the Ravens. John, what's happening, man? You got all the and Anthony Heron. How you doing, guys? Good, man. Um, you know, I went to the I went to the game today. Um, today was salute to troops. Um, and just kind of as I was leaving, I went by the sweetness statue. I went by, uh, you know, uh, the Hallis statue, and I felt like this game. We're not honoring anything. Like we're we as like the Bears team isn't honoring the the team before us. We're not honoring Olin, the guy that you know does so well for a team. You know, other guys that play so hard for us. We're, it, it's it's an embarrassment to us. It's an embarrassment to the city, and, and it's just. It's becoming more and more of a joke, and it, it it's very frustrating, you know. And not like, to hear that right there, that oh, we're not sure if we're going to start fields. It's like, can we can we stop? Like it's just, <laughs> it, it like it starts to become hurt. Especially you see like the Bulls starting to do good, you know, the 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 White Sox starting to do good. It's like, when is our turn? You know, like when are we going to start to do good? And <laughs> yeah, that's it, guys. You know, it just, it's a lot of frustration. I feel you, John. I feel you, man. That's that's uh. That's one of many who are out there who are frustrated. And you saw, you know, some of the Bears players, like Roquan Smith, man. You don't necessarily – you don't see Roquan mm. Smith as great a player as he has become at this point. And all the passion he performs with, he's not necessarily the most demonstrative guy. But you saw after the defense gave up that touchdown, he was lit up mm. on the sideline, man. He was yelling. He had his helmet off. He was kind of gesticulating. And you know, who knows who exactly he's talking to. Maybe Kendall Vildor or whomever else it might have been with the miscommunication from the bunch route that lead to that big chunk play before Baltimore scores the TD. But Roquan was upset. Robert Quinn's very, you know, within himself. He addressed the media after the game. He didn't call anybody out or name any names or whatever, but he was fairly forthright. Just like, hey, yeah, if there's some difficult discussions to be had, you got to be willing to have them. We got to be willing to receive them. Whoever's making mistakes has to be willing to accept that and move on. So, I mean, there is frustration from the players as well because it – it cuts both ways. That's the thing where it's obviously the offense so consistently here over the last few seasons has, has been less effective than the D, but there's a number of games here lately. The Green Bay game where the offense put a touchdown on the board late, put the team within striking territory, and the defense that had been kind of holding the Packers at bay take the field, and then Aaron Rodgers goes out there with Devontae Adams, carves him up and puts a decisive touchdown on the board. San Francisco game, opportunity for the D to go out there and close the door. They didn't get that done. We certainly know what happened two weeks ago against Pittsburgh. So it does cut both ways here where the offense has been lacking more frequently than the defense, but the D has had their chances. There have been a number. It wasn't just Pittsburgh. There were a number of of excellent fourth-quarter moments that Justin Fields has had, and then Andy Dalton steps in and makes a big play in the fourth quarter today and the defense couldn't get that done. So there is a lot of frustration that I think cuts a lot of different ways here where, where a lot of folks can end up sharing the blame for where things are at. Yeah, and, and it's 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 always hard to comment. Like I played on bad football teams, right? And mm-hmm. I know he's saying that these guys are not, not respecting us, and I, I've been through years like this where it was really bad. And like you're saying, Robert Quinn, Roquan, I think Roquan had 16 or 17, 17 tackles, tackles today. Um, you know, Quinn is hustling, you know, a sack from, I think he had three and a half sacks. Um, I don't ever want to question someone's effort out there. I, I think those guys are playing really hard. I think the Chicago Bears have a ton of injuries. Uh, I think that when you watch this team, I think what, what you end up most frustrated about, like you said, Big Ant, uh, the defense hasn't been as good. They have regressed a little bit. They, you know, Once Hicks got a little banged up, more rushing yards have come. They've mm-hmm. given up a lot of key late touchdowns lately. Sean Desai is a young defensive coordinator. 
Sometimes you wonder about the communication on the back end, the secondary. Yeah. That last drive, now, I mean, there was a PI on Kendall Vildor, right? Mm-hmm. There was another route to Duvernay that was almost like they dropped him in coverage too. Yeah. And then they dropped the last one. So um, there's a lot to fix. It wasn't just that play mm-hmm. that was a problem. It seems to be a problem in that secondary for a while now. And I always think the secondary is like an offensive line. Like communication is key, man. You're only as good as your unit. You're only as good as the guy you're working with. You can't be good – by yourself in the secondary because you have to work together, especially in those bunch looks. Mm-hmm. You have to communicate, right? Same thing on the offensive line when you're playing against the defensive line. But as far as this team goes, to me, uh, when everybody's talking about jobs and what's going on with this team coming out of a bye week, it has been, and it, it has been for a while. It was 16 to 13 today. I mean, that's not a lot of points, 16. Right. I right. gotta find twenty points against the Ravens at home. I have to, man. Against the worst what, pass defense yeah. in the NFL. I with a team giving up twenty four to twenty five points a game. I'm at home. Um, even though Fields goes out, which sucked for for the Bears fans, we want to see him develop. Mm-hmm. I gave ten million dollars to Andy Dalton. I've got a high level backup, right? Yeah. Allen Robinson is out, but we haven't used him a ton this year. Obviously, that hurts. Allen Robinson, a great wide receiver, but Mooney. Cole Komet, Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. I got to find 20 points at Soldier Field. I just do, man. <laughs> I got to find it somewhere. It's just right. that for me, game, that for me is the big point here when you walk away from this game. What were you, the question I, I was waiting for someone to ask in that room, what were you working on during the bye week for your offense? to put the ball in the end zone? What were your concepts, your ideas that was going to get you 20-plus points at home versus a Ravens team without league MVP Lamar Jackson? What were you going to do? Because as soon as Lamar's out, I, I, my coach staff, guys, we need 20 points, man. We just got to find 20 <laughs> points, and this game is ours, right? right? And, and it continues to be a frustrating problem for the Chicago Bears. You know what they're doing. They're trying to find the wise. 312 <laughs> Olin Cruz and Anthony Heron here on the Post Post Show. We're taking you up to Bulls basketball. Bulls will host the Knicks over at the United Center. Some of you might be driving to the UC right now. Some of you might be listening to us before you drive over to the UC. Whatever that's going to be, make sure if you're in front of the radio, if you're on the Odyssey app, whatever it is, you can listen to that Bulls game right here. Chuck Swirsky and Bill Weddington will have the call for you on the score. We're taking you up to that. And then, of course, tomorrow is a Bears Monday here on the score. You'll get all kinds of recaps. Apparently, your guys, Parkins and Spiegel, went out to Soldier Field. They were out amongst the people. I'm sure there'll be plenty of reaction to that. Ola's going to be on with Mully and Hall in the morning. I'll be on with Lawrence Holmes in the afternoon. Dan and Layla will have a lot of big words to discuss things between those two shows. And then Danny and Matt, I know, will break down every aspect of what they were doing, whatever that was in the parking lot. All that will happen throughout the day Monday, but we got a timeout here. Final hour will be coming up of the Post Post Show next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 